Welcome to Cadence in the Clouds podcast, where we share inspiration and best practices while on your purpose journey with host Karen St. Hilaire. Today, I am speaking with Clyde Cole, co-founder of Partnership for Boys, an education consultant and a PhD candidate in the year 2021 at New York University in New York City. Hello, Clyde. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am well. How are you? How are you? Having a good day so far. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you so much for being a guest on Cadence in the Clouds. Um, as you know, this podcast is all about being on purpose and living on purpose and working in purpose. And I know that you're purposefully working in education and all things education, especially with kids. And so before we jump into that, just let our um, listeners know, like, who is Clyde? Um, so I am a you know native New Yorker, born and raised in Brooklyn, still live there now. Uh, child of immigrants, um, first generation American. Have my uh, parents were born in Panama, and my grandparents were born in Jamaica. Um, and uh, they raised me Catholic, and put me in Catholic schools my entire life up until college. And uh, when I went away to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do for a major and changed my mind several times until I took a really powerful class near the end of junior year of college, and that put me on the path of education. So um, I've been a career educator um, ever since uh, leaving college, and I've done a lot of things in the, the realm of education. I've done uh, teacher, mentor teacher, assistant principal, principal, mentor principal, uh, I've worked on the district level, both upstate New York and Syracuse, as well as in New York City. And I've done some higher ed stuff, too. I've been an adjunct faculty at a couple different places, City University of New York at Baruch, Grand Canyon University, um, which is based in Phoenix, but I do work for them out here in New York City. Um, and I've also been an adjunct at uh, LIU, the Brooklyn campus. Um, and outside of that, I've done stuff in the nonprofit world. I ran a youth center for two years in Crown Heights. I was part of a national organization that trained school leaders all over the country. That was a national nonprofit. Um, and I currently run a national nonprofit that um, I co-founded just over a year ago that focuses on uh, the emotional intelligence, personal conduct, and social skills for boys and young men mainly in grades uh, 6 through 12. Wow, that is awesome. That is awesome. And so we're going to go into that in just a little bit. But, like, tell us what you love to do outside of who you are. What do you love to do? What makes you happy? Um, what gives you joy and relaxation and makes you feel fulfilled? Um, one of the things that I like to do is uh, just as a sort of regular person, I love I love watching sports, especially live sports. Um, I love to travel when I get the opportunity to do that. And when I can combine both, that's great. You know, whenever I've had the chance to travel, maybe for work, I would, and if I could be the person in charge of the scheduling, I would definitely try to see if there was a sports uh, event happening in town at the same time and make sure to wrap my schedule around that so I could check out the local sports scene because I was going to be in town anyway. So that's something that I've, done from time to time over the last few years. Um, I like just hanging out with my, my friends. You know, I'm an a avid cigar smoker. Um, I started it 
quite a few years ago and then went away from it for a while and picked it up again recently. So it's a nice way to just sort of relax and, 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 and be reflective and, and, um, you know, just, uh, sort of enjoy myself and decompress with all the things that are going on and all the things that are racing through my mind. Uh, uh, a nice cigar too is, a is a nice way for me to take a break, but also still sort of like be focused and on point, but in a relaxed way. Um, and, you know, something that isn't necessarily relaxing, but that I still do enjoy is a lot of the work that I do with my fraternity, the local graduate chapter of my fraternity. I'm a member of Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. And, you know, we do a lot of things in the community that um, I've helped to come up with or, or at leading or just generally enjoy doing. And, uh, you know, it's an opportunity to do some good in a way that's not your job and also with, uh, with people that you, that you like and respect and who are your friends. So all of that fraternity work is really something that, uh, uh, I, I consider, um, a good pastime and something I enjoy, even though, um, it, it's, you know, there's a lot of work and time and energy that goes into it. No, oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. And I do believe in the community service aspect of it. Um, I do think that, um, so we know each other personally and we're both only children. So I think that our pastimes in the, um, fraternal world actually just, it, it's twofold. It's like a whole familiar thing that we create with our, you know, counterparts and the work that we get to do with people that we do like and respect. So I think that is great. So let's go back into partnership for boys. So, um, you went to same sex high school. Mm-hmm. I went to one as well, and I feel we become our best selves when we are not competing with another gender, and um, when we're getting to know who we are as individuals. So, in getting to know how you, I think it shaped. I think it shapes us into who we are now. So, with this organization that you've created, Partnership for Boy, co-created, um, how do you view the? How do you view the impact that you're having on these? constituent base that you're um, focused on? Well, we uh, are trying to give boys and young men skills that definitely aren't explicitly taught in schools. You know, schools are very, very academic. Um, There's lots of pressure for schools and principals and teachers to do well on standardized tests that mostly focus on math and, and, and English language arts. And so whenever there is, quote, unquote, extra time in the curriculum or in the schedule, it usually gets dedicated to more math and more English, and you don't necessarily see schools putting time into social-emotional learning, personal conduct, social skills. If that comes up in schools at all, most of the time it's uh, in the form of consequences. When, so when kids, particularly boys, especially when they're in grades 6 through 12, it's when they fall short in those areas, um, then the consequences come out. Um, but there isn't a lot of explicit teaching about, you know, this is what you should do. Uh, these are expectations uh, on what it looks like. And so I feel like that's where we come in. I think we're attractive to schools because they know that um, – this is something that's important, and this is something that they think uh, should happen but might not be happening at home and definitely isn't happening uh, uh, with them at school. And so they're very interested in connecting with us. And so we feel like the impact that we have is one that 
the boys may not sort of see or experience right away because these are things that uh, really produce uh, some benefits now, but even more benefits when they're older. So they don't necessarily see all of the impact themselves now, but the, the adults around them, the, the, the parents and the teachers and, and the counselors and the social workers and really all the adults that are around them who are responsible for their care, um, they get to see the benefits uh, right away. And uh, so uh, we think that, um, you know, when it's done right, we can have a pretty significant impact for these uh, boys and young men. Oh, wow. That's totally awesome. Um, speaking of the parents or the guardians of the boys, do you have resources available to them? I mean, um, so when you're basically putting a program together or you're pr- providing a service for young boys, is there a an attached um, part of it that goes towards the guardian so that they can basically help you work with this individual so while you're massaging when they're with you or where they're getting the service from you when they step away from that service that is it's continuous um in their home life. Yeah, whenever we engage in a program with a school, for example, um we require that um when the school asks us to work with their boys that they set up meetings with the parents of the boys they had us working with, as well as uh, all the teaching staff in the school, because we feel like the work that we do with the boys is good, but it can be even better, even more impactful when all the adults in their lives are, number one, at least aware of what we're doing with them, but also are partnering mm-hmm. with us to be able to, to do their part uh, to uh, encourage the, the boy and the young man to continue down the path, because for us, we may see them at the most once a week, depending on what the um, arrangement is. Sometimes it's once a month. And so that's not necessarily enough to sustain the work that we're doing, particularly because a lot of these topics are things like uh, empathy and accountability and responsibility. They're very sort of abstract concepts. So we need all the adults in their lives the best that we can arrange it to be doing small things with them in between our big sessions so that the lessons really uh, stay home. So if we have a workshop series where parents sign their kids up, we make sure that at least one of those sessions are exclusively for the parents so that we can tell them what it is that we're doing and to give the parents explicit uh, instructions on what to do while the kids are in our program. And we do something similar, like I said, for the schools where we say, this is the overview of the program that you hired us to do just so that you guys know. And here are some things that we ask you guys to do um, as they are going through it at these different intervals to encourage them, but also to really see uh, to what extent they're learning. And please keep in touch with us along the way so that if need be, we can make certain adjustments to the program uh, from session to session. Um, so um, the parents and the teachers and the administrators, um, they've uh, reacted positively to uh, what it is um, that we've done with them to help them with the boys. Um, and uh, for the parents, uh, sometimes it feels like parenting kinds of things and, you know, what might happen at the home. Uh, and for the teachers, a lot of it uh, translates to actually what happens in their classroom. And, again, we've gotten um, some positive feedback around that. So we're happy to continue that as part of our 
uh, packaging and part of our tradition um, as a way to, like, bring our philosophy of wraparound services to life for the boys. That is awesome. So it's like you're building a community. You're shaping the minds of these young boys, but building a community around them that will help them evolve into, like, exclusive gentlemen and leaders of the future world. I love it. I love it. So um, I know that you're based in New York City, but are there, like, I know that you guys travel throughout the continental U.S. with this work. So where can we find Partnership for Boys programs being implemented? Um, we are, uh, in addition to New York City, uh, like you said, um, we are um, uh, in, a, in an elementary school, a charter elementary school in Orlando, Florida. Um, we are, are um, part of a um, founding planning team uh, in the community uh, on the south side of Chicago that is a year away from opening a charter middle school for boys. Um, we are um, in contract with uh, a school in D.C. Um, and in talks with um, uh, a school in Atlanta. So, um, you know, at this early phase of our um, uh, second year, uh, we've been able to branch out a little bit and do some small things here or there in different cities uh, with the ultimate goal of, you know, growing uh, as large as possible and trying to do it in different ways. We uh, have no problem uh, being in schools as well as centers. We plan on being a part of a community center's mentoring program in the Bronx, for example. Um, having our own program, which uh, will start in December after the Youth Leadership Conference that we are helping to lead, which is in November. Um, maybe working with a system of schools, whether it's a network of charter schools or whether it's, a, it's with a school district. Um, and uh, we even last year were able to do some work helping a local community college in Chicago with its um, black male attrition problem. So that's even beyond grades 6 through 12. So wow. uh, thinking about what that community college could do to improve its programming from schedule, from curriculum to the degrees they offer to the supports that they have for those young men uh, because they felt like as a school that was very, very new, they didn't enroll enough black men uh, in terms of what they had for goals relative to the city mm -hmm. of Chicago. And then of, mm -hmm. the, of the ones that they actually enrolled, um, not enough of them finished. And so that was really disturbing to them. And so uh, I, I just happened to have a relationship with the person who founded the school, and that's how we got connected. So, you know, from the outset, after their first graduating class, they prioritized that. So I commend them for that. And then they put a program in place. And then they uh, asked me to work with the person who was running that program to make sure that the program was doing everything that it could and that the school overall was doing everything that it could to make sure that these uh, uh, um, black male students were being supported. So um, we just have an overall philosophy of trying to uh, uh, develop these uh, boys and young men um, into driven, engaging, resilient, and responsible people. Um, and adults. And so however it is that we do it, as it falls into the realm of focusing on their emotional intelligence, personal conduct, or social skills, we will do that no matter how it looks, a school, a center, um, a community college, 
a system of schools, um, having programs and, and workshops ourselves, um, partnering with people who are having conferences that focus on this work. Um, at this at this very early stage, we're really willing to do a variety of things to get the good work out there. Wow. So, you know, I'm all things purpose. Um, taking you right back to the purposeful work of it. You know, you said that someone started a school and they reached out to you because they saw that there was a need. But there's someone that you knew, you know, in your own walk, um, in your own journey. And I feel that there are times that we don't realize that we're living like the alchemist lifestyle. Like we are basically meeting, the universe is meeting us everywhere, every step of the way to help us grow in our purpose journey and the work that we do. I do think that this work that you're doing is not only part of, you know, is only purposeful for you in your, you know, in your time and life on this, in this lifetime, but it's actually curating the purpose journey of every young man that you touch so that they are, when they do graduate out of it and do evolve into that young gentleman, they have um, a foundation, they have a peace of mind, and basically they understand what you, you know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And I think that is like totally great. You mentioned a conference. So uh, Partnership for Boys is uh, one of the primary sponsors for a youth leadership conference that the graduate chapter of my fraternity is um, hosting. Um, uh, this year is the second annual. It's actually based on a model that the Omegas in Los Angeles uh, created really about, I want to say, 25 or 26 years ago in the wake of the Rodney King riots. Um, mm -hmm. Those riots happened, and the Omegas in, in the Los Angeles area uh, tried to bring together as many black males of all ages, right, so from children all the way up to adults, together in a structured way to sort of begin the healing uh, with with each other, and so that turns into an annual event that had more specific workshops and sessions delivered by professionals, and then it grew into inviting girls, it grew into inviting <clears throat> more and more parents, and so I know in Los Angeles right now, they have uh, over 500 kids registered already, and uh, in New York City here, um, we did the first one last year. It was on the campus of New York University. And this year, it'll be, I'm very proud to say, it'll be at my alma mater, um, the all-boys high school that I attended, um, which is Regis High School on 84th Street in Manhattan. So I was able to um, go to them and uh, ask them if we could use the facility. Um, I've been an active alumnus, and so uh, they have been familiar with my work, familiar with my dedication to education. And so it was a, a relatively easy conversation to have. It didn't seem like I was somebody who was sort of coming out of the blue. And so um, it, it, it makes me feel really good to have my uh, company, Partnership for Boys, and my fraternity, Omega Sci-Fi, coming together to do something really great for kids at, uh, at my alma mater. So it's, it's, it's going to be a really special day for me. Um, it'll be Saturday, November 10th. And um, it is a series of workshops and sessions where we have um, a strand for middle school boys, a strand for high school boys, a strand for middle school girls, and a strand for high school girls. And then we have a fifth strand just for parents as well. Um, and uh, the topics are <clears throat> STEM, 
which will be for the middle school boys, the high school boys, the middle school girls, and the high school girls. Um, Karen, um, literally 15 minutes ago, I just got confirmation from Dr. Nicole Grimes. She's going to do the STEM sessions for uh, both, both, both groups of girls. So let me thank you right now on air for uh, nominating her for Woman of the Month, which she received in uh, August. And I was able to contact all the Women of the Month that we've been um, honoring in the fraternity um, for the last year and a half just to keep them up to date as to what we were doing. She reached back and said, hey, this is a great idea. Is there any way that I can help? And so uh, I got in touch with her, and uh, so she, she she will be doing the STEM presentation. So that, that's great news. Um, and there will be other topics <clears throat> such as health and wellness, um, justice and law, um, financial literacy and empowerment, and those kinds of topics. And so, um, you know, if anyone has uh, uh, children in grades 6 through 12, um, and they're interested in having uh, um, them be exposed to professionals in, in, in industry and professional educators to work with them on these types of topics, not only for their children but for themselves. Uh, this is a free event happening in Manhattan, um, very accessible uh, to all the boroughs, um, particularly um, the Bronx and Queens. Uh, it's only one express stop away from Harlem as well on the 4th or 5th. So, um, yes, more information on that to come uh, for people who want it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And let me just say, Dr. Nicole Grimes will be a guest on the podcast. And if you don't know who she is, Google her, okay? Dr. Nicole Grimes, PhD in STEM. She's, Lord, some bad people. Anyway, so you do all of this work, guys. You do all this work for kids. You do all this work for everybody else. What do you do to recalibrate Clyde the educator, Clyde the business owner, Clyde the PhD students. What do you do to recalibrate to make sure that you don't go off the deep end, to make sure that you don't, you know, lose the energy and lose the momentum? Because it's a lot. You have a lot of balls that you're juggling in the air. What do you do to keep yourself grounded? Um, so from the work perspective, uh, as much as I can, I try to make sure that uh, – there's some overlap in the different things that I do because for me it's not only more powerful that way in terms of the impact that it that it can have on people, but it also uh, sometimes makes things a little bit easier for me. So whenever I'm at a youth leadership conference committee meeting, that's fraternity work as well as partnership for boys work happening at the same time, for example. Um, or when I'm uh, working on the Boys Leadership Series, which is the free monthly mentoring program that is exclusively for the kids who attend the Youth Leadership Conference that will be flowing from December through June, uh, where you taught in it last year, the vision and goal-setting piece. Um, again, that's the combination of partnership for boys' work and fraternity work at the same time. So whenever I can do work, whether it's meeting-to-meeting meeting or just broad projects that can uh, have different parts of my life overlap, um, maybe do some stuff where the NYU stuff and the GCU stuff can possibly overlap because they're both in the educational leadership realm and so on and so forth. I can give other examples. That helps me to uh, take a good perspective on what it is that I'm doing and manage things well because you definitely, like you said, don't want to have 
too many things uh, in the air, and then uh, you wind up uh, dropping a few or things falling in between the cracks. So uh, I try to I try to overlap and, and, and collaborate and combine as much as possible. Um, but in terms of the downtime stuff, um, I'm not great at sort of just totally unplugging. You know, there are times when I sort of look at my calendar and I try to program in downtime for certain pieces of work. So I might say, you know what, for the next two weeks or for the next 10 days, I'm not going to do anything in these three areas over here, right, and sort of unplug from those things but still have other things to do over here. Um, so an example would be Partnership for Boys. We just completed our first year um, this uh, this June, this summer, and, you know, there are a couple people, uh, you were actually there um, uh, when uh, – uh, someone said, hey, so what do you, what do you guys do with the boys in the summer? Do you have any summer programs? And I was like, no, not this summer. Uh, and then, you know, we started talking about some ideas, uh, about what summer programs could be. So we had always had summer programs, uh, in the planning and in the vision, but, uh, I knew that we didn't have the capacity to do anything, uh, at all with, uh, any, any boys and young men this coming summer. So I was able to say to myself, all right, this summer, um, I'm blocking out the program side of partnership with boys, but I can still continue with some of the business side piece, some of the trying to like wrap up contracts, solidify other contracts, um, uh, looking at, uh, how we spent our money in the first 12 months, you know, trying to get, get towards completing our first annual report, those kinds of things. So I'm not great at saying, okay, I'm doing nothing for a period of time mm-hmm. because I have so many different things going on. That's not necessarily always possible, but I can look at some projects or some organizations or some pieces of some things and say, all right, downtime for this so I can sort of unplug and process and reflect, but still needing to using that time to work on other things. So I would say definitely something that I need to get better at working on um, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, being able to unplug so I can recharge but, uh, you know, so far, so good, I think. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I am so excited that you were able to join me today. I am so excited that you were able to share um, more information about Partnership for Boys. It's a program that I think is amazing, and I do believe that it's going to be impactful for years and years and years to come. If you can tell our listeners where they can learn more about Partnership for Boys in any upcoming events, that you have coming in the near future so that they can actually get in touch with you and, you know, learn more or support. Where can they find Partnership for Boys? Um, sure. Um, we uh, have lots of different uh, places where we live on, on the web. Um, we have a website, um, www.partnershipforboys.org, um, all one word, um, but what's most sort of active and dynamic and gets updated a lot more regularly would be our, our Facebook page. So you just do a search on Facebook for Partnership for Boys. You can do um, a search on Instagram for Partnership for Boys. Uh, that's pretty dynamic as well. Um, we also have a, a, a Twitter account. Um, it's uh, at P-S-H-I-P-F-O-R-B-B-O-I-S. So peace ship for boys. Um, and, you know, we are, you know, frequently making updates there um, with what it is that's happening 
and uh, what it is that's uh, coming up. Um, so those are the best places to look. Um, if people have questions and they want to reach out to me directly, uh, they can reach out to me at C-C-O-L-E, which is C-Cole, at partnershipforboys.org. So, um, we do have a fundraiser um, on Saturday the 27th. It's a Halloween, Halloween um, boat ride. Um, so uh, costumes are encouraged. We will have a co- costume contest. Um, but if folks don't feel like wearing costumes, then we're asking folks to wear black. Black would be the theme if you're not in a costume. Um, and, uh, you know, you can definitely um, email me for more information on that. Um, we are also um, on Eventbrite. So if you search for the event Partnership for Boys on Eventbrite, you'll be able to find us there as well. But if you can't, just go ahead and email me and I can forward you more information about that. All right. Thank you so much, Clyde. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. This was a great conversation. And I do hope that everyone does visit the website and learn more information and follow you on the social platforms because this program, Partnership for Boys, is going to bring forth some dynamic young black men in the near future. And I cannot wait to see it all. All righty? All right. Thank Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Leave or send a message and share this podcast with your friends. Follow Karen on Twitter and Instagram at Karen St. Hilaire or visit www.karensthilaire.com.